0: Hey, movie fans. Welcome back to After the Credits, where we break down the latest and greatest movies, including our favorite scenes, quotes, trivia, and even how we think it should have ended. Grab a bowl of popcorn and enjoy the show.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After the Credits, and happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you. We are coming to you during a snowy, chilly day. Uh joined again <laughs> by my my beautiful wife, Molly, uh, to discuss one of her favorite holiday movies that at first I was reluctantly talked into watching um, pretty much every Christmas. And I was like, yes, yeah, I, I can watch this with you. I never forced you. But yes, you. And then uh, and then I ended up enjoying the movie. And now I it's something that I look forward to watching with her every every year. I think it was last year. It got to be closer to Christmas and we hadn't watched it yet. I'm like, hey, we're going to watch White Christmas. Like, yeah, we should.
2: (laughs) Well, we had a baby last Christmas, and it was during COVID, so I think we didn't even watch it together. I think I watched it Christmas morning Hmm. with the baby, but it's usually a Christmas staple for, especially going back to, like, my mom's time when she would watch it with her mom, and Mm -hmm. then she would watch it with us, and then, you know, when you move out, you're nostalgic, and you just want to do the things it used to do, so it's kind of become a thing with us to watch it during Christmas time.
1: Yeah, yeah, so... The film that we are discussing and talking about right now is White Christmas. Um, and you mentioned it's an old film; it's a very old film. Uh, you mentioned your mom watching it with her mom, mm-hmm. probably when she was younger as well. Um, she
0: probably watched it with her mom.
1: Yeah, and her mm, mom's mom and no, her grandma's didn't. mother. I was say, what year did this come <laughs> out? Nineteen fifty-four. Okay. Yeah. So. The release date for, for for White Christmas was November 15th, 1954. I don't know what other movies were coming out around that time. I doubt that we're going to know any of them, even if you bring them up. I'm going to Google the fuck out of that. Good luck, my man. There so, might
2: be a couple. I mean, that was like the golden age of cinema. You had pretty much. a lot of classic people during that time
1: and this movie was one of the first ones to use a different type of camera and a different way of filming it that made it made it vista vision yeah which is literally one of the taglines that they had for promoting the movie it was like the first film in VistaVision. well yeah Ooh.
0: paramount I, I this gets a little bit nerdy but uh the, the paramount um you know this is the first movie that paramount used mm-hmm. for um for vista mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was uh, it was fucking crazy because the 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 depth of the color is amazing, and you can you can see it when you watch this movie. Now, I mean, when you think of a movie coming out in 1954, you don't think that you the you probably think like crazies. it's going to be in black and white, uh-huh. or the colors are going to be like really dull, grainy like and in yeah. yeah, grainy. This has like no grain. Man, the blues ain't and ain't holy shit, <laughs> yeah, uh, <laughs> Bing's Bing's Bing fucking eyes. eyes. Uh, I had to Google it because I was I, I had I'm to like, look up. Real? Yeah, <laughs> I had to look up to see if he was wearing contacts or something. No, that's just the.
2: Now is that the Vista Vision or is that his eyes? The
1: Vista Vision. It's it a, a it little bit of vibrant, both, but, but yeah. yeah, he does have very, very blue eyes. Mm-hmm. But did, uh, did uh,
0: movies been. that came out in 1954, um, I, you have the uh, the old school Godzilla, Gojira. Nice. <laughs> um, was that the
1: claymation one or was that the the? the it was claymation. Anime? Okay, yeah. It had to be. Yeah.
0: Um, and then the the original, the OG, A Star Is Born, um, oh. came out. Um, Interesting. And with, uh, what's
1: her name? Uh, Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand, yeah. Yep,
0: um, and then what else do we have that uh, is a little bit noteworthy? Uh, Ulysses came out that year. Um, you know, I think that's a lot of them that, that I've heard of. Creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, that's, nice. That's the pretty original. cool. Yeah, uh, Sabrina came out. Um, that's crazy. Um, yeah, I think that's all I'm so seeing some here. some recognizable yeah, movies. Yeah, definitely. Um, and like Molly said, the golden age of fucking cinema. So,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's, Fucking yeah, that's cinema. but but I mean this one didn't around this time I don't think it really had much to compete with so. Um, Two thousand
0: leagues under the sea, nineteen fifty four. Oh really,
1: that was a groundbreaking movie as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the director of this film was Michael, I believe it was Curtis. Um, most noteworthy uh, directorial job was Casablanca. Mm-hmm. Oh which, yeah, that's which not a good one. Is considered w- by a lot of people one of the greatest movies ever made. Um, or the greatest movie ever made it, It's it's I mean here's looking at you Kid I was you know, gonna say I think quite frankly my Gear uh, dear my gear my <laughs> Quite frankly my gear I don't give a damn <laughs> but yeah that That line is, is is you know Most notable from that but uh, Like I said it came out November 15th 1954 uh, uh, You want to guess the budget for this back in 1954
2: Oh god I don't even know what a normal budget Would have been like back then
1: Twelve cents Scotty <laughs> <laughs> Here's fifty dollars make yourself a fiddle Make, make yourself <laughs> a movie pi- make yourself a movie picture. Make yourself a film and a movie picture. Uh, Did you <laughs> say fiddle? I, I thought that <laughs> what you said. I tried to say film. so funny. <laughs> I tried to say film and I said fiddle fiddle, fiddle, fiddle,
2: fiddle
1: <laughs> Make yourself a fiddle. Make yourself a fiddle, sonny. Um hmm. so goddamn <laughs> God damn it. Uh you know what? I cut out the oh wait, no, no, okay. So the budget was uh nine hundred and twenty eight thousand dollars. Under a, under a million dollars, Holy which at the time shit. was a massive, massive budget. I was Insane. gonna
2: guess a million, but I'm like, that sounds like it's too much.
1: You've been really close with all your guessing so far, so maybe s- stick with your gut. I think you'll, I think you'll go far, kid. Uh, um, <laughs> <laughs> so opening weekend in U.S. and Canada, it made five hundred and sixty-six thousand forty-five dollars. Um, gross worldwide. Look at this big numbers: one million ninety-nine thousand two hundred and seven dollars. So
2: so they did just barely.
1: Yeah, they made their money back for yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, I mean, if you if, if you consider... For the year, yeah. not since all time, right? Right, right, exactly. So, um, the I guess we got for the tagline is, it will warm you like Christmas punch. I don't know about you guys, but I've never drank Christmas punch. I'm guessing there's alcohol in it when it says it will warm you like God Christmas you, punch. I would hope so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the tagline for this one. Um, the, all the other taglines were all about the Vista vision, this movie being the first film filmed in Vista vision. It was, it was, it was a huge selling point for this. Um, the synopsis we got is a successful song and dance team become romantically involved with a sister act and team up to save the failing Vermont in of their former commanding general. Um, their former commanding general owns the leaves. He gets out of the military and buys a, an inn for skiers and stuff to come stay at during the winter and and enjoy themselves and it starts failing because it's not snowing they don't have a white Christmas and they uh, yeah they try to they put on a show to try to save it so um, for the cast here we have Bing Crosby uh, plays Bob Wallace we got Danny Kaye playing Phil Davis Rosemary Clooney the aunt of George Clooney uh, plays Betty Haynes Vera Ellen plays Judy Haynes uh, Betty's sister um, and then Dean Jagger, uh, the other one that I'll mention was the is the general um, uh-huh. in it. He's 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 awesome. Um, honestly, when I first watched this movie, I was like I was like ah fifties movie. This is gonna suck. Mm-hmm. And then the other night we're watching it, and the the last song, one of the last songs that they play when <laughs> it's uh, I wish I was back in the army. Uh-huh. We're wa- we're sitting and watching it, and I was like I'm kind of like messing around on my phone and going back and forth, and I kind of just stop and watch. And I'm like. I'm like, you know what? This song actually slaps hard. <laughs> I'm like, this is this is actually a really good song. <laughs> they're um, catchy. Yeah, it's really catchy. What what did you say? You like you find yourself
2: It's some there's sometimes like randomly in the summertime where I'll just get these songs stuck in my head. I'm like, well, that's for white like, Christmas and <laughs> nowhere near Christmas time. Yeah, they're just really catchy. Yeah.
0: I think sure. my my go-to is when I hear someone say like I have a song stuck in my head. Um, I go I just immediately I'm dreaming of a why and they and then they go fuck you like now (laughs) like now I don't have ACDC's thunderstruck in my head I have fucking white Christmas you asshole right
1: (laughs) yeah it's it's a very very recognizable all the a lot of the songs in it are very recognizable for sure Um, let's see here so yeah I mean that's our that's our really that's really only our our noteworthy cast the rest of the people are um, not Kind of just stand-ins or films yeah. or whatever. So, um, why don't we talk about some quotes in this movie? I want the quotes. You can't handle the
0: quotes. Here's our favorite quote from this week's movie.
1: All right. So, Molly, do you, I mean, you are you know this movie a lot better than I do. Yeah. And, and probably. Dylan as well. Um what do you what do you got for some quotes?
2: Well, there's some some funny and it's the way that they talk is so quick so you almost have to like watch it a couple times right. to fully mm-hmm. get the effect or watch with subtitles on.
1: Well, we were talking about it the other night how like we wish we could have been around that time just to sit around and hear them talk because of some of the mannerisms or some of the turns of phrases that they use were just so different and so like one of my favorites is like um, uh, there it, it's like the sandwich scene where he you know she the one of the girls can't sleep so she goes down into the hotel and you know is gonna have a snack and everything and mm-hmm. he grabs a plate of sandwiches and there's a jug full of milk and uh they're going to walk over the oh fire yeah yeah yeah. He, yeah. Just he leans says over and he's like grab the cow grab the cow it, yeah. yeah the cow i was like oh, he's talking about milk that's crazy <laughs> i was like i'm gonna start
2: calling milk cow now <laughs> right that's, that's insane. it's just kind of weird how Different the times are. For sure. I think but,
0: that's what kind of helped me get through the movie a little bit is is thinking a little bit uh, because you have to. I mean, had they just said milk, I mean, I probably would have started to fall asleep. But he said cow, <laughs> and I was cow. like cow. <laughs> I'm glad like, that the like, cow this, saved you. Yeah, well, the CPU <laughs> in my brain like got cranked up a little bit, and that kept me going.
2: Yeah. So some of my favorite quotes is at the beginning. You know, after Phil Davis and Bob Wallace. You know, they're in the army and phil davis basically saves him from this falling wall so he feels obligated to do these this uh like music and dancing scenes and they become really popular and mm-hmm. like the, the you bears. know the they become really popular when they go out and they start producing their own shows and they oh, have yeah. their own like tv shows and they become like a household name right and so but then phil davis is starting to see like man i'm getting fucking tired like we're working too much even though he's the one that wanted to do all of this and so he's trying to basically push um, Bing Crosby's character to find a girl and settle down.
1: So that they don't have to continue their show and so he can So that they rest. can take a
2: break, basically. Right. And so he's trying to introduce them to all of these showgirls that are in all of the different, you know, shows that they do. And a lot of these girls are pretty fucking dull and just kind of ditzy as fuck. So some of the best quotes come from when they're kind of arguing about it. And so, you know, they're talking about finding a girl and settling down and... uh Bob Wallace says, well, I'll get around to that one of these days. And then Phil Davis goes, my dear partner, when what's left of you gets around to what's left to be gotten, what's left to be gotten won't be worth getting whatever it is that you've got left. Which if you don't sit down and think about it, you're like, what the fuck did he just say?
1: Yeah. But when you break it down, you're just like, oh, like you, once you once you finally get around to doing what you want to do, it's not going to be worth it anymore. Yep.
2: There's not going to be any girls that are going to want to settle down with you right. unless you got a lot of money. And he responds back pretty Quickly, with that, he goes, when I figure out what that means, I'll come up with a crushing reply.
0: Yeah, that was a good line. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And then continuing on in that same conversation, Wallace goes, you don't expect me to get serious with the kind of characters you and Rita have been throwing at me. And Davis goes... Well, there's been some nice girls, too, you know. Wallace goes, oh, yeah, that nuclear scientist we just met in the hall. Davis goes, ha, ha, all right. They didn't go to college. They didn't go to Smith. And he goes, go to Smith. She couldn't even spell it, which is just a serious roast on its <laughs> yeah, own. She, he's right.
1: just being brutal. And
2: this girl what that they savage. meet in the hall is, Mutual,
1: just, I'm sure. is just
2: the dumbest, ditziest girl. And yeah. so he's, he's already just like, no, not even worth my yeah, time.
0: For sure. Well, is it that same girl that says that... Um, like, well I like that and yes. without 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 so much as a kiss on my foot or <laughs> have an apple or some yes, shit like that. Some yeah.
2: weird shit yeah. like that. So. And I
0: didn't understand it. Yeah and,
2: <laughs> it's just and there's so
1: many lines in here that it's like it's like oh wait, that's that's an insult. Or or wait, they're 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 back and forth between mm-hmm. each other are really quick. It is. and really like really well done to where you kinda have to pay attention and then you're like, Oh, that was Savage. Yeah. Uh, oh damn, like <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> killing him right now. Oh shit. Yep. But yeah, uh, she, I I one of the ones I like is um, Phil talking to General Waverly. Um and I I don't remember what precedes it or what what leads up to it, but he goes uh, Phil goes, "We wouldn't be any good as generals." He's like, "Yeah, you guys weren't any good as uh privates or something yeah. like that." Yeah. yeah. Like it, the, the back and forth again just being being amazing. Um uh, another one I like is when they meet the sisters or when they see the sisters and obviously they're two gorgeous girls. Um and uh how they're kind of introduced or, or told that about these two sisters is by the sister's brother. Um, and uh, who
2: they went, who were they were in the army with
1: who they were in the army with. Yeah. D- 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 helping out an old, uh, old, old, pal, fr- uh, old pal in the army. Yeah. Yep. The old freckle um, face. <laughs> and, yep. <laughs> yep. And he goes, uh, he sees the girls and, and, and they're talking about the brother and Phil goes, how can a guy that ugly have the nerd to have sisters? And Bob, <laughs> <laughs> Bob responds very, ba- very brave parents, I guess. Yeah. See,
2: uh, it's just those random, like you're like, damn, Hey
1: ouch. Now. Ouch. Right now. ouch
2: i would not expect that from someone in the 50s i guess
1: yeah and, and, and another one that i really liked and molly and i were talking about this the other night and it made us laugh when we were watching it but um the general at the end he's there you know they they want him to be in his his uh, military dress to to go out to the party and everything, and she got rid of all of his suits, so that's all he could wear. His wife, the general's wife.
2: I don't think it's his wife; it's his housekeeper, and they don't really actually oh, say if they're romantically involved. She just is basically the keeper of the inn. Oh. but they
0: but there is kind of a I mean how they implied, how they bicker back and that that forth. they're like yeah. an is, old married couple, yeah. but
1: it's well, not. this line is what made me think that they were like, yeah they were a married couple. He goes. Uh, she's like uh, says something about you know having to dress him or whatever, and he's like, I got along very well in the army without you. And she's like, Yeah, and it took fifteen thousand men to take my place. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I just love that line. It's 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 like a it's it's what I could picture my grandparents saying to each other. Oh yeah. Like a, a like as an insult to each other, kind of just giving each other shit. Like yeah. I, f- I I feel like that's a a good uh, a good line back and forth. Um right. Another one that we laughed at was when Phil has to pretend that his leg is all messed up. Oh yeah. And he's like. He's, he's trying to downplay it and make it not seem so serious, but still keep the general away from the TV so get, they can announce the big party on the Head Harris show that they're going to be having at the at the inn to try to save the inn. And he describes an injury after you know falling down the stairs, and he's like, "Well, we, do you think it's broken?" He's like, "Oh, it's probably just a small internal muscular hemorrhage, sir. I think I'll be fine." <laughs> Which we were just like, "I don't even think I that's I a think real." That's thing. real. <laughs> This movie needs more credit. It's it's a lot better than what I think. Because initially, when I like I said before, when I when I first heard about this, you told me about it, and like you should watch it with me. I'm like okay, and we watched it, and I, I expected like a really drawl and a really boring nineteen fifties movie that is just not good, but it is actually a really good movie. Like it's it's really well done, and the 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 script. Whoever wrote it and whoever had these lines decided to, to to be said by the actors. It was it was brilliant. So yeah, you got um, a lot
2: of comic relief, especially from Phil Davis, uh, Danny Kaye's character. So mm-hmm. it's 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 all pretty. Like like we said before, you just really have to listen to it, or else you're gonna miss a lot of the dialogue. And they're very quick when they talk, which mm-hmm. I think was pretty common back then. Is oh yeah, to talk really fast. So
1: have really quick witted comebacks. Yes. Was there any other quotes that you had for it? Um, Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, Dylan? So one of
0: the one of the ones that I loved was the um, um. So they they basically they they just they just had planned that they were going to move the show to uh, Vermont in the in the little barn deal, and um, Bing Crosby's character, what's his name?
2: Bob Wallace.
0: Bob. So Bob calls the production company in New York City to say like, let's m- fucking move everything from there to here. How much is it going to cost? And he goes, oh, wow, okay. And then, and then the other guy's like, how, how much, how much is wow? Like, yeah. stop, like, stop it. How much is wow? And, and Bing goes, well, it's right in between ouch and boiling. Yeah. <laughs> well, cause he's you
2: like, think, oh, wow. cause he was even like, give everyone extra uh, weeks, and extra week's pay. Right. And I'm uh-huh. just like, dang, he's right. over here just, you know, left and right. Not even thinking about what they have in the bank. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He's pretty generous. And yeah. then, cause right before that, I mean, they, they had just mentioned that, uh, that they gave everyone a week off mm-hmm. paid for, for the holidays. Right. And, um and and i think someone even note notes that like that's the like that's the nicest fucking thing that anyone has ever done in the industry right so yeah
1: and you know it's mentioned multiple times phil mentions how expensive the taste of bob is and like the Mm -hmm. stuff that he decides to do how expensive it's going to be and how much money it's going to cost it's the the back and forth between the two the chemistry between the two is really great right um molly anyone uh i think that's it. Cool. Um, So let's see here. Why don't we talk about the scenes, our favorite scenes? Say hello to our favorite scene.
0: And now our favorite scene. For me, my
2: favorite scenes is probably, if you've ever seen The White Christmas, one of the most iconic ones is when Phil Davis and Bob Wallace dress up as the Haynes sisters to try and Give them the girls a head start. They're trying to run away from the sheriff who's trying to, you know, sue them basically for r- burning a hole in their rug. So yeah. which makes me think I'm like, how are they like going to get into like actual trouble with the law for these girls? And they don't even really know them. It just does not seem right. very likely.
1: But I mean, it just shows how hard Phil is pushing for for Bob to get in a relationship and, and form because when they sit down and start watching the girls, it's like. He, 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 he there's hints dropped at how pretty they are. and yeah. how, how good at the you know their job and stuff they are. So I, I think it's Phil's like I'm gonna go to any length to, <laughs> to get you hooked up with this right. with this girl.
2: So yeah, the, you know if you've ever seen the movie, you see Bob Wallace and Phil Davis dress up as the girls when they're putting on their number at this club, and doing their routine, their sister's routine. And of course, you've got the recording of the girls singing and you've got the two guys that are kind of dressed up and lip syncing to it. it. And it's just kind of a funny scene. You could tell that the actors are actually having a good time themselves because yeah. it almost looks like they kind of break character a little bit and just are just having a good time.
1: Right. Yeah. And I got some stuff in the trivia about that as is t- about that as well. It's it's really genuine like fun that they're having up there, yeah. which is which is cool to see. Um, I like the the sleep conversation by the by the fire and um, it, that song that he counting sings. Counting Your Blessings. Counting Your Blessings. It's, that's another one of my favorites. A really good song. And uh, it just, that's really what sparks their relationship and mm-hmm. what, what gets them to realize that they're kind of falling for each other. Yeah. Um, the the one sister in, uh, which?
2: That one would be Betty. Betty. That's Rosemary Clooney's. Yeah, yeah. And she has just such a great voice. And she's gorgeous. And
1: yeah, her singing is just Phenomenal. It's funny because like the two sisters, they got one of them is a really good like the is One's a really good singer. One's a really good dancer. And then the opposite is one is a really bad dancer. The one that's a good singer is a really bad dancer. And the one that's a really good dancer is a just abysmal singer. Yeah. Um. But yeah, the that scene by the fire uh, when they kind of first realize their feelings for each other is one of my favorites. I like that one a lot. Um.
2: And then of course you have the ending where it all kind of comes together and they sing the white Christmas and. That I was always like my like oh it's Christmas.
1: She she kind mm-hmm. of like realizes that like he wasn't you know putting on this show for a big publicity stunt for money and mm-hmm. she randomly shows up you know uh, the sister randomly shows up and Bing Crosby sees her and they do the number together and he realizes like oh she came back for me. Mm-hmm. It is kind of
2: a cheesy romantic comedy.
1: Yeah, for sure. Hmm. Dylan.
0: Um. Yeah. There's there's a few of them. Um. I like the the initial scene between the two where this the sandwich scene. Mm-hmm. Um i i like the dialogue between the two um and it's cool that they were kind of like um each of the, the i mean their the, her sister and, and his friend i mean they kind of push them together i mean it was smart and cunning to do that mm. their dialogue um in, in between sti- each other in um and um the first the first like the the dress rehearsal that they do in vermont that fucking blew me away yeah i mean dress all rehearsals are cool. I mean, all the the amount of dancing and music that goes into it. I mm-hmm. mean, is is fucking it's nuts, and yeah. I love it. Um, and I hate to admit that too that I'm a that I it's am a cool though. Like, I'm a I'm supposed to be a gruff, grown ass, badass man. That I mean, <laughs> but I want I,
1: you to tell me who you think views you that way.
0: No one, my a a, a small (laughs) part of my subconscious, like don't admit to people that you love choreography, right? No, no, no. and I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to come off that way. But I mean, also, it's a guilty pleasure of watching, um, you know, things like this, which. I mean I, I
1: enjoy some musicals. There's there's some musicals that are really really I'm glad good. you
0: said the word musical because I had a revelation after watching this movie. I think it was this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was one of my shower thoughts. I <laughs> fucking thoughts, hate right. I hate musicals. I'm I don't not like them. Really? It depends. But I don't think this is a musical.
2: I don't really think Oh, it's
1: 100%. A musical. No, it's
0: not. It's the same it's the same they're reason they're that same that, that that movies that we've covered in the past like Rockstar and School of Rock they're not musicals because it's just a movie. And it, and they're just filming the part where they're singing and dancing. Whereas <laughs> movies like The Little Fucking Mermaid or Fucking Aladdin, like they're just walking down the street and then the whole fucking community breaks out in <laughs> song and dance. That's a fucking musical. That's unrealistic, and I fucking hate it.
1: That's fair. I view it as a musical because like they're they're because
0: it has songs in it. No no no
1: no. Just try your fucking mouth. <laughs> And you know some of those songs <laughs> are in the... built
2: into the movie. And that's what I'm
1: that's what I'm saying. Doing. Yeah, like they'll be in the middle. Like they're they're in the dinner car at the. In the fucking, and and they're having like lunch, they're having like dinner together, and someone brings up snow and is like, let's do a musical number about this, and boom, they're singing about snow. Like, there's a lot of things where they, right. they won't yeah. be doing anything right. that relates to like music wise, and then boom, a song breaks out, and then a whole number is done with dancing and stuff with them. I'll
0: admit, i I see, and I and the reason that I forgot about those is because when that happens, um, my cell phone immediately like just magically pops up in front of my face, and I start looking at something else. Because you're not a fan of the <laughs> musical numbers. I like it. No,
1: the Nightmare Before Christmas. What about that? Like, do you, you do you dig on that?
0: I start folding laundry, or my mo- the my phone Destiny magically a
1: musical. It literally is everything it the li-
2: content because the content matters
0: yeah and I maybe this is, maybe this is the a songs deba- this is a i don't know. debate this that
1: i don't mind having because it, it, it's it, i maybe there's a fine line like so like la la land i know you haven't seen it but la la land is like that's where like it's ensembles of like they'll be walking down the street yeah. and then the entire group around them joins in and but i not like don't would like you that. consider blues brothers a musical i mean that's got to be a musical
2: I guess it depends on how much the movie is based around the music because White Christmas to me does not feel like a true musical because yeah. it's mm-hmm. not just about the music. La La Land I feel like is is a lot about the music and the all the other musicals, you know, they just they're really based around the dancing and the singing where, you know, as some movies they just sprinkle in some of that stuff. So I guess right. it depends on what scale of the musical you think it is cuz yeah. some are very light musically. And there's some that are very heavy, like you know, yep. Aladdin and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Right. So I, 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 do I guess have...
1: just because the movie is called White Christmas and it's based off of the song White it, Christmas, it, it, it I would and...
2: say that it is slightly a musical. A One movie, of
1: the first musicals. Yeah. Musical, yeah. I, yeah. Hmm.
0: I I do have a friend that's really into musicals, mm-hmm. and you'd never but you think guess like it, Hamilton, but... that's a musical. Yeah. My
1: brother is big into musicals. Loves really? musicals. Yeah. Absolutely loves musicals. Like he, he like kept pushing me to. Get into La La Land and The Greatest Showman and Hamilton and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. I, you know, I just, I just haven't. But you know, like I don't, I don't mind a good musical. Like Grease, Grease was really good. That was a the musical. Labyrinth is a musical.
0: Did not Ish. like that about Labyrinth. Didn't like it.
2: I wouldn't say that it's a full blown musical. I don't like when the you songs say Hamilton. It, but... You're like that's a musical, but right. when you think of the Labyrinth, you're like that's just David Bowie with a big crotch. Like, yeah, Little
0: Shop of Horrors, and I mean, uh, like, there's uh, a lot Rocky of Rocky Horror Picture Show. That's Rocky a musical.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think it's just to what degree is it a musical yeah.
0: yeah what's the ratio of music to yes. movie if anybody's <laughs> listening to and this
1: please let us know what you think along <laughs> the lines of what it con- what is considered a musical and what's considered just a film with I music. i mean what does google right.
2: say what is a musical i guess i could look yeah you
1: should, yeah, check that out i just there's like there's because then there's disney movies where every disney movie has like three or four songs that are just bangers Here's, in it
0: i just had i just had a thought because um you ask about pick of destiny and that's a movie, and it's not where it's they just up and you know start uh, singing in the middle of things. It, it's almost like a cutaway scene of a music video. Okay, yeah, so according
2: true. to Google's dictionary, a musical is a player movie in which singing and dancing play an essential part. Musicals developed from light opera in the early early twentieth century.
0: Essential could be considered subjective, but I suppose right. White Christmas would fuck if you take the music away from it. Uh, it's not the same movie. No
2: that is true and when, that and makes when you sense. pick
1: when the, the, when the pick, people you pick to put in the movie are all very musically like true that. talented like Bing Crosby is known as one of the one of the better like he's v- a crooner singers crooners mm-hmm. like ever like and then and you know like the the sisters they're the, one of them is a noteworthy you know dancer in, in history like like a, a very well known oh like yeah the, her in that girl tap had,
0: dancing scene yeah Dude. I didn't think that was human. I thought that it was a special <laughs> effect and they like nope. sped it up a bit. No, yeah, That is dude, that is crazy. her dancing.
1: Yeah, Vera Ellen was uh, was one of the most known dancers at that time. She's teeny because uh, of she, it. Yeah, she she had a uh, what, what's the what was the deal with her An eating disorder or something I think that it, was a or? big
2: rumor, but a lot of people thought that she had an eating disorder because of how really t- how tiny she was. Yeah. But um
1: She's so tiny in the movie like you could f- I feel like I could just grab like her thigh with my. Two and that hands was pretty common
2: back then. I mean, there, it's true there wasn't. My mom always says there wasn't any Mickey D's back then. So, <laughs> I mean, they they danced and they were you know, they looked like they danced. Right. So, so it's, yeah, I mean,
1: you got you've got these people who are cast, probably solely because they're well. One of the reasons is because their musical ability. They're able to act as well, but their musical ability is something that. You know, was a huge turn on for this movie. So yeah, I mean, the debate's open. Like I said, if anyone, if anyone wants to throw their opinion in on that, leave us a message on uh, on on Anchor, or you know, comment Forever. on one of the posts yeah. that we that we post this about. So, um, so yeah, that the <laughs> back to the scene, um, uh, the conversation by the fire. You said. Um, the uh white christmas when they're singing yep. white christmas at, at the, the end, very end yeah um and then i love because <laughs> i said it earlier this song is a, a banger is uh, the i wish i was back in the army song at the end when the general realizes that they did the whole show for him and they do that whole number and that's when uh when uh betty um shows up mm-hmm. and d- does the part with him i love that part that, that that's that scene's awesome that whole musical number is great um so yeah uh i uh, i almost called you isaiah dylan I miss oh. Isaiah, that's why. Th- that's why that's a compliment, saying. I yeah. suppose. Yeah, no, Isaiah's a very handsome guy. Um, I. Yeah. Um, Dylan, you got any other um, scenes?
0: Yeah, there's something um, I kind of want to uh, discuss a little bit. Um, and it goes into one of the, like Molly mentioned, the, the ending um, scene. Um, what I really like about the ending is when they sing White Christmas for, what is it, the second time? um they sing it fucking differently the first time they sing it at the very beginning of the movie and it's it's their i mean they're on the battlefield and white christmas is pretty um it's pretty somber it's mm-hmm. very melancholy right. and it's it's like i'm dreaming of a white christmas like i'm i, wish I, I don't want the christmas and... i have fucking now and i'm dreaming right. of that christmas over there and i want it yeah but at the end it's same fucking song but they don't Different sing context. it the same way yeah. And I love it when... That's a
2: very interesting view, Dylan. I've never thought of that.
0: Thanks. Yep. Uh, I really, I really love it when the same movie or even different movies play the same song written by the same fucking person yeah. but just put a twist on it. Um, and it makes you completely hear the song differently because the second um, time
2: they seen the white Christmas, they do want a white Christmas cause it's Vermont. There's no snow and they need yeah. the business and then they get the white Christmas at the end. Yeah. So it's, yeah. That's the, an interesting take. There's some mm-hmm.
1: movies that do that and it's really, it's One usually, of, it's a, it's a show. It's a sign of a really good writer. When yeah. They, when they One of
0: my favorite is, and I don't know if I've mentioned it, um, on an episode previous or not. Um, but the movie singing in the rain, um, mm-hmm. They, I mean, singing in the rain—it's fucking happy, right? You're mm-hmm. you're singing in the rain. Like I don't give a fuck if it's raining outside. It's just raining. <laughs> I'm happy. Yeah. Um, that same song is in, Clockwork, uh, Orange. Clockwork Orange. While whilst um... they are raping a person, Yep, they're beating and, you, and
1: raping two people. And, yeah. Yeah. To oh them, and they're dancing around singing, singing in the rain. Oh.
0: Yeah. And you oh. can't. And you can't. Like I can't. I cannot listen to Neither singing in I. the rain without thinking about that. Now they Clockwork fucking Orange. ruined they, ruined that song for me they absolutely um, did yep. I, I was
1: hoping that you because you I thought you were talking about how the song was in the same movie like the different versions of the same song in the same movie in the same movie and, this, and without yeah, yeah. this was yeah it's sung completely different hmm in Clockwork Orange, compared to Singing in the Rain, so right.
0: So I mean, I think if if I had it, I only watched the first half of the movie, or, or I've only heard one version of White Christmas. I would always think that White Christmas. it's a sad Christmas song. Oh, okay. Which that's is a, awesome. That's an I love I love sad Christmas songs because Christmas isn't always fucking happy. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of people that. Um, that that aren't super fucking happy over right. the holidays either because they don't they don't have their they recently lost a loved one or it's the first holiday since they have lost a loved one mm-hmm. um so i think music like that is is kind of cool yeah or you can listen to the ending version of the song where um, it's a it's little bit happy. more happy yeah. right yeah. um another another um movie that plays a song that makes me hear a song differently is um and you might uh, disagree with me or might knock me for it, but uh, Rob Zombie's uh, um, "The Devil's Rejects" at the very end, um, very end, everyone's getting all shot up, and it's the end of the movie, and yeah. your favorite characters are dying. He's playing Freebird, right? Which is, uh, to me, Freebird is like it's a it's a Southern rock fucking anthem, and they rock and roll the whole fucking time. So you think that they're gonna live through it, but no, they they fucking die. So right, Freebird so for me has been ruined because Rob Zombie put it in that place
1: at that time. So there's that version of Freebird that you that you know that reminds me uh-huh. of that whenever I hear Freebird if throwback to talking about Forrest Gump. I think yes. of, I think of Same. Jenny, Jenny Same. standing on the edge of the of the uh, the edge, edge of the, of the balcony about yeah. it. It's like t- thinking about killing herself after she's all messed up on drugs mm-hmm. and probably just slept with a guy and got paid for it in drugs to, mm-hmm. to do so. And she's hit her rock bottom and she's about so whenever I hear Freebird, I think of Jenny standing on the edge of this. So, yeah, it one cool thing and one thing I love about movies and music in movies is that it can take you to a completely different place depending on the actual uh, the what's the word that I want to use? Uh, I, I guess how the how the song is placed in the movie it can take yeah. you to a completely different place. Absolutely. So, yeah, we, uh, we all view different songs in movies differently depending on how. What's portrayed, portrayed versus, yeah. you know,
2: what is it, it's, it's intended use for. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's
1: crazy. Uh, that's a good point, Dylan. I like that. Um, so, yeah, do, do you, any other scenes you guys want to do? Any scenes you want to talk about?
0: I think we covered the ones
1: I want to. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. Um, let's see here. So, uh, before we get into trivia, what would your rating of this one be, honey?
2: Can we talk about favorite characters? Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. Let's talk about our favorite characters. Yeah, go ahead. Who's your favorite?
2: Um. You know, I kind of like all four um, Phil Davis is probably my favorite because he's funny. He's got a lot of those quick one-liners that you kind of really have to listen for, and just his comedic over-the-top caricature of his, of himself sometimes is is pretty funny. Yeah. Bob Wallace, I mean, you gotta love being Crosby. He's kind of a classic, and he right. kind of comes off as this this kind of all business, no nonsense guy at first, but then he kind of starts to you know warm up when he wants to help the general and stuff like that. You so. see his
1: soft side and kind of his romantic side yeah. too.
2: And yeah. then uh out of the two sisters Betty Haynes is probably my favorite. I just thought she was really pretty. Her voice was really, you know, beautiful and yeah. you know, she wasn't like your typical Hollywood girl, I think, just cuz I don't know, she had a very unique look.
1: Well, I mean around that time was like like Marilyn Monroe and like uh uh trying to think of other uh actors actresses at the time. Uh the, the Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz Judy Garland, Judy Garland, and stuff. I mean, I kind of compare Rosemary Clooney to to those, and then uh, uh, what's her name's uh, mom, uh, in Psycho, uh, uh oh my mm. god, dude, yeah, From yeah, Halloween. Curtis, Jamie Cur- Lee, yeah, Curtis's, Jamie Lee, Lee mom. Curtis's mom in Psycho. I, th- I, those all those all those girls kind of remind me of each other, um, and the the job they do and the type of like acting that they do, um, around that mm-hmm. around that time period. But yeah, she was she was definitely not. I think she was set up set apart from all those other people with her, with because of her singing talent and her acting talent. Like altogether, she was kind of the whole package. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, out of the sisters, she's for sure my favorite.
2: Nothing against you know Vera Ellen or anything, but mm-hmm. uh, she just I think she was more of a side character anyway, uh, the yeah. second sister. Not right. that she didn't do a good job or anything, but it really kind of focuses more on you know Betty
1: and Bob. So yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you you'd say Phil and Betty were probably your two. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, see, I think I think I like Bob a lot because um, he's more thinking along the lines of business for a lot of things. But then, like I said before, like he's you end up seeing when it's worth it, his his romantic side and his caring side comes out. Um, I also really like the general. Like I he really was a like the one. general. That, that he, I mean, out of everyone, he's he's probably one of my favorites. Uh, he was just. His character that he played was was fun and it was also serious, but the, I mean you could see the military side of him and and also this old guy who's still trying to capture his youth and. And wants to go back into the Army and is basically told thanks but no thanks. And that
2: was a sad scene, too, is when, you know, Bean Crosby goes and gets the mail and General Waverly's waiting for a letter from the Army because he's like, I want to get back out there. I want to help train. You know, I feel more comfortable being in the Army than I am, you know, know. than being retired. And, you know, he just comes to find out that the Army kind of just laughed at that and was just like, like, oh, you know, we envy you and you retiring and we can't wait till we get to go in. So it's kind of sad to see him just get kind of shut down. And so, but yeah. It's really
1: sad because he's like he's uh i I don't remember i think it's bob It was like hey it's something about horseshoes and he's like oh no that's an old man's game that's a that's a retired old man's game i'll never get into it and then after he gets the letter and sees that he wasn't accepted back into the army Mm -hmm. he's like oh maybe i'll take a swing at this uh this game of horseshoes or whatever it's kind of sad but yeah he 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 was a really good he did a really good job as an actor in that film it was it was awesome so dylan you got any characters you enjoy
0: um, you know, I don't, I, I don't think I have a favorite. Um, but uh, I mean, Bing's character is really good. The one thing that's, it kind of bugged me a little bit is when he was up there performing, it looked very forced. Um, it didn't really? look. I, I don't know. It, it looked. It didn't. He wasn't as, um, is like limber and like legit happy as, um, as Danny, Phil. as Danny. Yeah, as Phil was. And I don't know um, if he's
2: necessarily as big of a dancer either right right
1: da- i think phil davis uh, i think danny k is Which, i'm not sure more, how old more of a performer was
2: when this movie came out I yeah i don't know 50s 50s,
0: 50s. i'm guessing um because that was another thing that that kind of bugged me a little bit was the uh the age gap yeah um yeah. in between in, and in, you can in definitely tell he's
1: much older than
0: right the girls i mean because i think he was in his like 50s and she was in like her 20s so yeah, he wow. was born
2: in 1903. So if this was in 54, then yeah, 50s for sure. And
1: 1903. Can you? Oh my goodness! Yeah, You're born he's three a different years time, Separated from being born in the 1800s, right? Dude, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right. Well, and I think That's he's only wild. a few
0: months older than the general was too.
1: Oh really? You might yeah. be right with that. Okay.
0: I mean, even though the general was supposed to be this so el- older, much older, superior, right? Or, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, agreed. I don't know. I, um, I mean, when when he performed he kind of he gave me this uh what i imagined before he had danny up there or fuck phil um is that he was more of like a frank sinatra guy um yeah. just standing up there with the mic and just fucking jamming out but then he gets phil up there with him his partner um and then they fucking i mean it's then a they, put a, they put on they put on a show right Yeah. um i don't know and I i i, I like phil i like phil um I love the beginning part of the movie when he's constant. like, anytime he wants something, he just, like, holds his arm. Like, Ooh, oh, man, that's... I hurt my arm <laughs> that time I saved I your wouldn't life. I want you
2: to feel obligated. Right. Yeah. And then, of course, Bob tells Betty, like, if you're ever standing in front of a falling building and if someone tries to, you know, save you from it, just spit in their eye or something like right. that. Right. Yeah. It's just <laughs> very old-timey. She's thing. like, what does yeah. that mean? And
1: he's like, it means we're going to Vermont. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Which makes
2: me wonder, is like, would you really feel that obligated to do all that for someone who saved
1: your I, life? I don't know, man. If someone saved my life, there'd be far from, uh, there'd be very little that I wouldn't do for that person. Mm-hmm. But constantly? Uh, yeah. I mean, at some point it'd be like, hey, you know, I really appreciate that you saved my life and everything but I'm not going to dedicate the rest of my life to doing whatever you want me to Which do. Which
2: brings up another it. point and Tyler always brings this up when we watch this movie is that if he would have just said this or she would have just said that then they wouldn't have this huge argument yeah. or this huge misunderstanding. So well, like at
1: the end like she she like blows him off and completely leaves and she, and almost screws up the production and stuff to go do her own thing just because she misheard something. That was said over a phone that was misheard by somebody else. And instead of just going to him, going to Bob and being like, hey, what are you guys doing with this? Yeah. And Bob would have easily just been like, hey, keep it on the down low, But we're we're doing the show for the general to to try to bring back, you know, some uh, some some uh, attendance at the at the inn and, and really help out his business. And we're not going to take a penny for it. That and I get it's a movie. It would have cut out. Ninety nine percent of all movies there.
2: are just. Want, like all conflict so no communication
1: no yeah, movie. E- every time something happens in the movie when we watch it I'm just like if you would have fucking communicated and you would have <laughs> spoke your mind and told him what you were thinking you wouldn't have had this problem but it does make for good theater and good movie uh, a the good movie, movie would have been
2: a lot shorter
0: yeah. yeah and that's what I don't like about people saying shit like that like, well, if they would have just done this, well, then there wouldn't be a fucking movie. The
1: worst one is... There wouldn't be a goddamn Molly's, thing. And Molly said it before, is we'll, I'll be talking about Lord of the Rings. Why didn't they just ride the eagles? Oh, to he tra- hates when I bring that up. I was up. like, because that's not the fucking point of the movie. It's, when <laughs> they're, they're trying it's to, about the adventure. It's about... He's got
2: all these eagles. And why can't they just take him to Mordor? Because
1: they're a proud race on their own. They're not a taxi service.
2: So you're telling me that Gandalf's just like, nah, do it yourself,
1: bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, he only calls on. I'm going to dip out of this
2: movie or this trilogy of movies like 800 times and you can just fend for yourself and then I'll randomly show up. He only
1: calls on the eagles in the most dire situations to where life could be lost. Then why didn't the
2: eagles the first time just take them all the way to where they needed to go?
1: Because they're not a taxi service. Anyway.
2: Sorry, Tyler.
1: No, it's stupid (laughs) that you would even think that way. But, yeah, um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's I mean, there's in every movie that you could watch, you'd be like, well, if they would have done it this way, then this would, and then you're like, yeah, they would' have cut an hour and a half out of the movie, and we'd have been out of the theater in ten minutes, so right. but, yeah,
0: um, <laughs> I wrote this really good story where this guy comes to kill everybody, um, what? but they had too good of a security system, so he just, just kind of left <laughs> <laughs> the end. You like it,
1: fantastic. <laughs>
0: Why wouldn't they just have a better
1: security system for their house? Because then there wouldn't have been a fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, I guess character-wise, I think we're good on that then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Ranking. What would you give this out of 10, my dear?
2: Um, Considering the fact that it's an older movie and that there's a lot of, like, oopses and mistakes and errors you can see in the movie. Like, at one point, I think Judy is holding a... A coffee or you see her put the coffee pot down and then in the next scene she's holding the coffee pot again like oh, there was really? a lot of like
0: editing flub editing
2: ups. errors in that that are that my mom points out every single time we watch do it. you watch do
0: do things like that take you out of a movie
2: it's kind of distracting because they were so mm-hmm. blatantly like yeah, like they're... wow so th- that kind of irritated me and with that fact of it just being older and um, you know not as modern not as uh, high of a ranking as I would you know that I, such as I gave Forrest Gump. So I would say like an eight out of 10 as, you know, a good movie. It's a good classic. It's something we watch every year. It's right. got the good feels. It's got the music. It's got the actors, you know?
1: So, yeah, you're kind of around what I would give it. And and for similar reasons, I, I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of eight or out of 10, <laughs> uh, 7.5 <laughs> out of 10, because, you know, it, it is, it is an older movie. Some of the, some of the points kind of don't hit home. Um, you know, it, there's parts that were not necessary. Like, What was that whole like rehearsal they did where there was no words? It was just dancing for like 15 minutes straight. I
2: just fast forward through it the whole time. It's no joke.
1: Like almost 20 minutes of just dancing with nothing being said. And then after Mm -hmm. that, it just like they're just like, hey, that was good. We'll we'll use that. And then they just don't talk about it again. Nothing happens. Um, And they don't use it in the show, in the final show at all. Well,
2: uh, I think they just don't want to repeat anything. Yeah. You've already seen
1: it. Silly, silly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, it, it, it does get a little bit of a higher score just because it's, it is a classic. It, it you know, it, it was a fifties movie that was remastered because of the way they filmed it and it looks really good today. Um. I mean, it doesn't look as good as movies that we're watching today, but it looks really good for a fifties movie. Yeah. Um. And, you know, a, a, around the holidays, there's not much better films to watch uh, for, to get in the Christmas spirit. It's.
2: There are a lot of cl- Christmas classics and depending upon your family out there. Right. You know, some some people like Miracle on 34th Street. The Grinch. The Grinch, uh, you know. Yeah. Santa Claus. I mean, there's a lot of good Christmas flicks out there. I mean, tons. As long as you're not watching the Hallmark Channel, you're watching the good uh, stuff.
1: Yeah. 100%. So. And I'm, and, and Molly can attest to this, I'm not the biggest fan of the Christmas season or the Christmas. Uh, I'm a Halloween guy. Um, but when Christmas comes around, I think because I married into it, I start to get into it more. <laughs> I start yeah. to enjoy it more and and want to watch like we watched Elf together because th- that's a yearly thing that we kind of do together as well. And you know, I really enjoy the Grinch with Jim Carrey, although Molly doesn't. I enjoy the Grinch with Jim Carrey. I like
2: the classic
1: Grinch. Yeah, oh, for sure with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I mean they're they're all they're all good to watch around this time. But this is one of them, the, and that's why I give it a little bit of a higher ranking. It's because it's something that I can watch every year when the Christmas season rolls around, and it's uh, it's it's good for that. So, Mister Dylan, what do you think for the? Uh,
0: okay. Don't hate me. Six point five. Oh,
2: you yeah, know that's better than I thought you. Were.
1: Yeah, that's I. I. I thought you were gonna. It's be a before. good movie.
0: I mean, the fact that it came out in nineteen fifty four, and I and I watched it in the the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. I mean, <laughs> <Our Lord. laughs> okay. I mean the fucking I that I mean that of itself. I mean it it it. Has stood the test of time. Right. I mean, it's a it's a good fucking movie. Would I have watched it without Molly wanting to do it for the for the for the pod? No, probably never would have watched. I don't it. blame mm-hmm. you. Um, well, and I, I wouldn't have watched am, it if
1: I didn't marry her. And yeah. A tradi- but I'm glad that I did, that I, I did though. I'm glad did, that I did watch Yeah,
0: it. I'm so fucking glad that I watched the movie because it's not a shit movie. It's definitely a good movie. Right. And
1: a little corny, but yeah, feel but, good. But yeah, that's I the mean, '50s for you though.
0: Right. right. I mean, it's I, I don't know, and the fact that um, they they promoted the whole Vista Vision as much as they did, and I th- and I I by it because it's cool, because it's a good fucking it's a good looking film yeah. for being as old that's as it is. Film. That's a good looking film. Good looking film right there. <laughs> Here's I mean, fifty dollars to make a fiddle. <laughs> <laughs> I was I knew someone was gonna say it, but like at the uh, end when they
1: got like the bright red like Santa costumes yeah. and everything on them, like this looks beautiful like mm-hmm. this is a beautiful like like the the color and the the visuals at the end were, were fantastic mm-hmm. um, yeah so six you said six what was it six point five
0: yeah six point five that wasn't yeah. as
1: specific as your other one which was six uh, i was
0: gonna say six point seven but i don't know it was it a lot really of things there was a lot of things six.
1: Six. number of the beast
0: no i did that oh. for another movie you
1: did i don't remember which one it was <laughs> <But you did. laughs> <Real dark. laughs> this got this went down a hole um okay so cool that's that's we got your ranking for that um so let's do the death count and that i'm just kidding there's oh my god <laughs> there's a death count for this one um
2: what trivia do you have yeah so
1: so how about we how about we just dive into the trivia then <laughs> a bit here not quite as much as i've had before um just because and we talked about this on the way over here today's uh molly and i did just uh, there's a lot of things in the 50s that this trivia base is based off of that i just don't i don't i can't relate to i don't understand it doesn't have an impact on me i'm sure there's some I'm sure that Dylan's neighbor is going to be listening to this and will be like, why didn't you cover that crazy <laughs> part <laughs> back in the 50s? <laughs> oh. but, uh, Poor Dylan's neighbor. Shout out to... <laughs> I, I, I love Dylan's neighbor. I'm really glad that Does he listens. Does Dylan's neighbor have
2: a name?
0: He, he's got one.
2: What's his <laughs> name? His
1: name's Rich. <laughs> I don't think you've ever told me. If you would have told me his name, I would have said it, but thank you, Rich. I Shout out to Rich I for watching this. that's not this how he sounds. I'm, I hope you don't sound like that rich But no I, I appreciate you listening To the episodes that you do listen to I, I love it but um, oh But yeah so God. for trivia let's Thanks. I'm going to get my
0: house fucking egged now <laughs>
1: <laughs> Worth I'm it I'm going to
0: walk out to go to work and all the tires are going to be Fucking flat No
1: he's going to be tickled that I talked about him He's going to love that I mentioned him
0: Or oh, they um, talked about me on the radio show On, on
1: that radio program <laughs> Let me turn up my device And listen no, it. So uh so, yeah, so according to Rosemary Clooney, the midnight snack scene in which Bob Wallace uh, expounds on his theory of what foods cause what dreams was almost entirely improvised um, by, by uh, Bing Crosby. which I is I didn't know that. That's yeah, really cool. Interesting. Um, according to Rosemary Clooney, Bing Crosby and Danny Kaye's sister performance uh, was, origi- was not originally in the script. They were clowning around on the set and director Michael Curtis thought it would be so funny that he decided to start filming it. In the scene, Crosby's laughs are genuine and unscripted, as he was unable to hold a straight face during <laughs> due to Kay's comedic dancing, which is hilarious. Uh, Clooney said the filmmakers had a better take where Crosby didn't laugh, but when they ran them both through, people liked the laughing version and the more uh, candid version better. Yeah, which Agreed. is yeah, I think it I think it worked out for the best. I think um, that
0: scene was great. It was funny. Yeah,
1: was hilarious. Um, for the song G, I Wish I Was Back in the Army," there's a lyric. Uh, there is the lyric jolson hope and benny all for free this is a reference to the three wartime entertainers al johnson bob hope and jack benny the yeah the original words were crosby hope and jolson all for free but the lyric was changed because being crosby being in the cast would have broke the fourth wall because being crosby was known as one of the guys who were wartime entertainers that would go out and entertain the troops and stuff like that so yeah so they they changed the lyrics up a little bit but you know basically talking about him you know being a, a wartime entertainer which was kind of cool yeah that's cool uh, white Christmas in 1954 was the first film photographed in Paramount's widescreen VistaVision process a radical departure from the other widescreen formats of the era VistaVision did not extend the width of the screen as much as it raised the height which produced a significantly significantly clearer image uh, not surprisingly the hundred or so films shot in VistaVision uh, notably High Society in 1956 North by Northwest in 1959 and then White Christmas have provided the most vivid clarity when transferred to high-definition home videos today, uh, as VistaVision uh, applied the same principle and was, in effect, the first experiment in high-definition. So the high-definition we see today probably wouldn't exist without the VistaVision um, experiment done for, for these movies, which is cool.
2: Which is that, so when you watch White Christmas, let's say, like on Tyler's super fancy TV... Would it look cooler in 4K then? Yeah, absolutely. So then, Bing Crosby's eyes would just like burn into Blinded.
0: your. Redness. I don't think I don't think that there I don't think that there would be any difference between like your high definition 1080p to 4K.
1: It's still it's still. I don't upgrades think 4K it to ultra ultra HD, but it's not full 4K. Um, it would look a little better, but it wouldn't be like full yeah 4K or anything like gotcha. that. But yeah, for sure. I mean, the the colors are just more vibrant, and the right. the the darks are more dark. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it it looks it looks great. It, you can definitely tell it's an older movie, but it still looks fantastic. Right, looks great. So, in an interview with Rosemary Clooney, once quipped that she or that this could have been a near perfect movie if they would have only dubbed her dancing, um, which is what I was talking about earlier. She's a great vocalist, but a god awful dancer, and then you know, the other way around the other sisters. How do you uh, dub dancing? I think it was, a, think it was joke. a joke. Yeah, I think it was. And, and I think that it was also oh. a reference to the fact that... Oh, I get it. Uh, Rosemary Clooney revealed that, one, she took the role mostly so that she could perform with Bing Crosby. Two, Danny Kaye caused many retakes when his antics were... Uh, had everyone on the set laughing, and he wasn't supposed to be making them laugh. Uh, she considered Love, You Didn't Do Right By Me as her song because it was her only solo in the movie. Uh, which is weird because she—they brought her in because of how good of a vocalist and how good of a singer she is—and they only gave her like one solo. Uh, after the final shot, where they informed uh, that they would be redoing the finale because the King and Queen of Greece would be visiting on set, and the producer wanted to give them something to remember, they reshot the entire final sequence with no film in the camera and without being Crosby there, who had skipped out to go play golf. And years later, she and Bing recorded several record albums, uh, several record breaking albums together.
2: Wow. I knew that they were friends after the movie because they I know that they would go on tour together like Mm -hmm. in the 80s and the 90s. So
1: I was always like, oh, they'd be a really cute couple. But I didn't know that Rosemary Cleeney was actually married. She was. So she wouldn't. Yeah. Um, One of the one of the dancers accompanying Rosemary uh, is George Shakiris. Uh, he went on to win the Academy Award for Best Actor in a Supporting Role in uh, as uh, Bernardo in West Side Story. I
2: did know that. Um, another Very reason
1: why I brought that up, yeah, it's super interesting. Another reason that I brought that up is because they're uh, they just redid West Side Story with uh, I think uh, uh, I don't remember the director, big director, huge director, he, but he he just did the West director Side's, for West Side Story, the new West Side Story, yeah. Oh, the new one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like it's George not George Lucas. That's hilarious that I just said that. <laughs> Uh, the Please Star Wars director up. is the one that did it. No, it was Steven uh, Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay, I said it before you didn't tell me. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he, he, he directed the new one. Uh, it's supposedly really good. Uh, but yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Um, this was 1954's most successful film. The second most successful film was *The Kane Mutiny*, which mm. featured Rosemary Clooney's husband, Jose Ferrier. Mm-hmm. Um, although this, which would be George Clooney's uncle. Yep. <laughs>
2: Good job, Because Dylan. she's... Thanks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your deduction is, is brilliant for that. <laughs> That's why we have Dylan. I don't know how you draw the lines that you do, man. You are <laughs> fucking brilliant. I'm a genius.
0: <laughs> I'm so glad I have you here. It's a well-known secret.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a well-known secret. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, this is interesting. Although this movie musical... Oh. Um, so this is listed on IMDb mm, as a movie, movie musical... musical. Huh. As
2: opposed to just musical or just
1: more yeah
0: or a musical movie
2: hybrid
1: right um, it's been beloved uh, it's been a beloved favorite over the decades especially at Christmas time and there's never been which is strange because every movie has a soundtrack but this movie who uh, that focused on the music a lot never had an original soundtrack album released in any form whatsoever so That's you can't go you can't go look on Spotify and be like, I want to listen to the white Christmas album or the white Christmas soundtrack and it'll pop it, it there's nothing for it. I wonder why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's strange because the I'm songs sure, well, in, are today's,
0: in today's age, I'm sure you could make one because you can share like Spotify playlists and right. shit like that. So you, I mean, I I don't know. If you but that's weird that no one. The movie. It's it's weird right. that no one has capitalized from that idea.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah I mean, especially considering being Crosby is like a yeah incredibly, you know, famous and high dollar mm-hmm. singer. You'd mm-hmm. think that he would jump right on that.
1: I'll tell you, if if Mariah Carey can can fart out a a christmas album every year and it it sells millions they could do a a a white christmas soundtrack and i bet it would sell like crazy so yeah
0: i was Um. thinking about that so i mean because white christmas was a was a well-known christmas song before Mm -hmm. the movie they made the movie around the fucking song song. mariah carey is gonna make a movie no (sighs) she's gonna she's gonna do it i can feel it psychic
1: prediction. i think she's
2: listening so now she will
1: -hmm. I'm gonna need to. I I don't know if I'll ever be able to bring my buys back from that dramatic eye roll that I just gave you when (laughs) when you said Mariah Carey was gonna make a movie. History history
0: is damned to repeat itself. So Mariah carries. Is it what?
1: Isn't it deemed to to repeat to repeat itself? Damned sound cooler. It did. I'll give it to you. (laughs) I'll allow it. Um. So the Ed Harrison show TV show. uh, Christ! (laughs) I've knocked it like five times. So the Ed Harrison TV show that Bob appears on is a reference to the Ed Sullivan show in 1948, Mm, mm -hmm. which featured known stars, new talents, and vaudeville acts. Ed Harrison was played by Johnny Grant, who did not have a long acting career in the movies, but was the honorary mayor of Hollywood, California, Mm. Um, which is weird. Um, He was a guy who officiated over every unveiling of the stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in the early 1960s until his death in 2008. So Uh So until 2008, he was... There every time that they that they revealed a new star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame because he was an honorary mayor That's of Hollywood, cool. California. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Random. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Judy was shorter than Betty in the in the movie. Um, so in an effort to make their heights uh, more even for the song numbers, um, although the shoes were matching, Judy's heels were much higher to be able to match the height. Which I didn't know. That I didn't I know, that but that makes sense. Yeah, right.
0: Is that a big deal? Is that a thing? In it's probably Dude.
2: just not to draw any attention from what you're watching, because I'm sure if you're gonna okay. be watching, you'll be like, "Damn, she's a lot shorter," and so yeah, just keep your focus on the, makes sense. the song and the movie.
1: Right. So in *Tropic Thunder*, when they were so uh, Ben Stiller is notably like super short. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is like six one or something like that. Oh wow. So when there's a, there's a couple scenes where they're walking through the forest and they're the same height. They literally cut a dug a trench out for oh for Robert Downey to walk in so that they're the same height and so that there's not that much of a radical height difference between the two. Can you so imagine it's done in movies often. Can
0: you imagine being the guy digging that trench saying it's why like, the I'm, f- digging th- I'm digging that I'm digging this
1: so that those fucking assholes can be closer to height? Right.
0: But digging it like in every stroke is just going, Why doesn't he wear fucking boots, asshole? Fucking guy won't wear <laughs> fucking boots. <laughs> right?
1: Yeah. I'm sure he's getting paid. Oh yeah. Handsomely. Um, so this was the this premiered at the famed Radio City Music Hall in New York City, which is a big, big theater for, uh, you know, uh, really popular movies and blockbusters to premiere at. And this is one of the first ones to premiere there, which okay, was really cool. cool. Yeah. Uh, Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney both died at the same age. Both died at 74. Um, oh. Yeah, which is interesting. Hmm. Um, R.I.P. dog. Um, cast members Bing Crosby and Rosemary Clooney both have descendants in the Star Trek series. Bing's granddaughter, Denise Crosby, uh, appeared in Star Trek The Next Generation, while Clooney's son, Miguel Ferrier, appeared in Star Trek 3, The Search for Spock. Um, which is, if you think about it, it's super crazy that they both have descendants in the same j- type of, you know, uh, f- fan, like really fan heavy, you know, science fiction movie. So, yeah, it's, I thought that was crazy. Kind of interesting. That is interesting. Uh, Rosemary Clooney's character is named Betty. This, in fact, was the name of her real-life sister, whom she also sang with. Oh, um, cute. Yeah, in the sing, b- uh, sorry, in the scene before the sister song, Judy and Betty are talking about their brother. Betty asks if Judy uh, asked Judy if she read the letter from their mother that said that her brother has a job in Alaska and has been out of the country for three months. They said that and mentioned that because um, he was out of the country. Solely because Alaska wasn't a state and were like considered an actual state until January of 1959. So this was so old that Alaska wasn't a state in the United oh States. Oh, my
2: God. So. Yeah. How did they know? Did, did they call it Alaska even in 54 then?
1: They called it Alaska. Yeah, but it was a, a different country. It was just a completely o- different country. O-
0: owned by Russia.
2: Mm-hmm. Wow! Yeah, I did not know it was owned by Russia, but that's yeah.
0: in Soviet Russia. Alaska owns you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: so this, really cool. Yeah, so it's such an old movie that literally it was before Alaska was a part of the that's United crazy. States. That's Yeah, was, I thought that was interesting. Um, Rosemary Clooney's sister, uh, her sister Betty, her voice was used to dub over. Uh, oh my gosh, Vera Ellen. Yep, her dubbed over her scene. There's only a couple lines that you hear her actual voice, like at the beginning of. Uh, when they're on the, the train at the beginning of mm-hmm. Snow. Yeah. Like, that's her voice. Um, uh, but everything else it's saying is done by Rosemary Clooney's sister. Um, Let's see here. <laughs> this is crazy. And also, totally it's the it's most 1950s thing that I've ever read. The snow that was used at the end of the film was actually straight up pure asbestos.
2: Nice. Yeah. So they're just covering nice. everyone in asbestos
1: at the end of it. Um, last little bit I have here is in spite of the title uh, posters in the promo it's only set at Christmas at the beginning and at the end of the movie so they're in the they're in the war at the beginning and it's on Christmas and then the last shot where they're singing white Christmas is on Christmas when it's snowing so there isn't any other that th- those are the only two scenes in the entire movie that's Christmas that are, based that are Christmas based the rest of it is about the relationship you know, I never
2: thought about that that's
1: yeah very th- true thought it was kind of that it was kind of weird for sure yeah. so yeah uh that's what I got for for trivia. Um so yeah, I think that will Is there anything else you want to add anything any any little bit of trivia that you know that I didn't bring up or anything?
2: Mm, just that uh that is George Clooney's uncle, whoever that uh Rosemary rosemary's husband yes. yeah
1: that was a that was a little fun fact that i didn't know i'm really glad yeah. That yeah. you brought that up dylan I'm I'm glad really. i could
0: share that with you
1: yeah I'm proud of you. <laughs> uh, but yeah um again i want to thank molly for coming in and helping out with this i really appreciate it i'm um, it's fun to come and talk about movie movies with you when we don't get to do that and very thank you for
2: often, having so. me and hope everyone has a good holiday
1: yeah have a have a happy holidays merry christmas to everyone and i'll catch you on the flip-flops soon. Yeah.
0: Thus concludes our Christmas episode and our last episode of the year. We've grown so much in so little time and we couldn't have done it without you. Head over to our Facebook and Instagram at afterthecredits.tv and let us know what you'd like to hear this coming year. Special thanks to Molly, Tyrell, Joe, Josh, Isaiah, and Logan for coming down to the dungeon. We hope to have them all back soon and even more guests next year. We have so much planned and can't wait to share it with you. Visit our website, anchor.fm forward slash after the credits TJ, where you can hear past episodes and even leave us a voice recording. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere else to stay up to date on everything we're doing. We love you more than Phil and Bob love Betty and Judy. That's a wrap.